0: This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to FubarRadio.com for more details.
1: Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome to Screen Talk. Uh, well, listen, before I do an introduction to our guest and talk about uh, me being away, I'm going to kickstart the show with my choice this week of, uh, of piece of music or song from a film or TV show. This is... weirdly, I've picked... A cover of a classic song that you might think cannot be bettered and in a way it probably can't be but I do think this is a very good take on the song this is from the Get Carter remake Um, I don't know if you remember this but Sylvester Stallone bless him I love him adore him he uh, he thought it would be a good idea to remake Get Carter. Now, it's n- very, very rarely is it a good idea to remake an absolute classic, especially a cult classic, because you've got those fans that will hate you for even trying. The only one of the only times I think a film like that has been remade, and actually weirdly they pulled it off, was the recent um, Bad Lieutenant film, which was Werner Herzog made. Uh, he he made that starring Nicolas Cage, and it was. A, um, I was going to say a cover, I suppose it could be considered a cover of the uh, 90s film with Harvey Keitel, which was already considered a cult classic, but I can't think of many other times where that worked. This uh, this really didn't work. Michael Caine's in the film with Sly, which just, you know, sort of breaks your heart a bit, like Michael, why are you pissing over your own your own sort of canon of work, but... Uh, The one thing I did like was this take on the theme tune, which is already a brilliant theme tune But this one I just liked it. It had a bit of a new metal. That's it. It had a bit of a new metal thing going on Anyway, I love this track. This is by Tyler Bates, and it is the Get Carter theme Woo! That is a good track. I like that uh, it's just a shame it comes from a not very good film. Um, I'm talking about the remake, of course, in case you've just tuned in. Uh, so, I am back. I've been away for seven months, which is insane. Um, I feel like uh, I'm. I've, it was a week ago, uh, but I have really missed doing the show. Missed talking to you guys. I uh, We've been doing pre-records this week for, for some interviews that we'll be playing out uh, over the weeks. Um, there'll be some live shows coming up as well, but um, it's been fun it's been really good talking um it's been nice to be back i actually i also did my first stand-up gig last night uh in almost two years and that was fun as well it's weird i didn't want it to be fun i was i feel you know some comedians sometimes say that uh stand-up is like a drug or it's better than drugs or something and they're right but what people also don't say is that it's like drugs in the worst way possible as well in that you get addicted to it and that you need that hit and you need that rush of hearing people laugh like people will travel to like i don't know uh, to gloucester or up to somewhere in scotland they'll travel all the way there just to do 15 minutes to get their little hit which is probably like what you know drug, drug addicts would do to Get their hit you know travel anywhere and hang out in god awful places just to get their little hit and i actually felt like having not done comedy for almost two years that i'd sort of got it out of my system And i was like yeah i'm free of it man i'm free of it i don't need that anymore and so i did this gig last night and it was like i've never done a gig where i hope i don't enjoy it <laughs> and sadly i did i fucking loved it uh, it was for charity, it was for Ox Jam, which is a thing, uh, it's like Oxfam's music uh, thing. And uh, they were a great crowd, and I loved it. And I spent the whole journey coming on going home going, oh God, do I do it again? Should I start it up again? Oh dear. Anyway, uh, that's a conflict, but this isn't. This is just a joy to be back. We have got, for our first show, a very special guest. Someone I'm very excited to speak to. Um, I'm talking of, uh, I'm talking about Simon Day. Who, if you grew up in the '90s, if you're a teenager or in your 20s in the '90s, you'll know that he was part of a scene that was very important in the comedy world. He came up with some amazing characters like Tommy Cockles, Biddy Bleach, Dave Angel. Uh, in the far show, I'm talking about, and he was a part of that whole Vic and Bob scene, and. I had so much to ask him, uh, it was very exciting. Here's a little, uh, a little sample of, of him in action. This was him doing uh, Tommy Cockles.
0: My name is Edward Scissorhands, and, uh, no, not really. My name is Tommy Cockles, and uh, I was born and raised in the musicals. Well, as I came here today, I saw a large coach motoring up the Strand, and it reminded me of a wonderful event in 1967. I remember the year, well,
1: because it was the year that Lamar from Kejagoogoo was born. Him and that whole scene were a huge influence on me and, and the comedy world. I actually remember the first time I ever saw The Far Show being blown away by that. Before he comes on the show, we're going to play his first choice of song. We get all our guests to pick a couple of songs. He chose this. This is the, uh, this is one of the, th- uh, the, I can't remember what what the name of this is, but this is, he'll tell us in a second, this is from the movie Blade Runner. This is Van Gogh. Wow, that is a mix of electro, timpani, <laughs> I mean, that was, what was weird about that was uh, me and Simon, my guest today, were listening to that music but also talking about um, arguing with our spouses. <laughs> 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 it was a very strange mix, uh, yeah. kind of weirdly suited. Um, Simon, thank you for joining us, Simon Day. No Every, problem at all, nice um, to be here. What, what made you pick, the? well you actually picked the entire Blade, yeah. route, uh, Blade Runner soundtrack, what made you pick that?
0: It's just, it's, it's kind of, that film is a proper work of art, and I think the music is part of that work of art, and there's so many great bits of music on it. It's a, lot, a lot of sort of DJs play it, don't they? Yeah. It became a sort of ambient, sort of classic thing. And, uh,
1: Do you fi- I find it, I was flicking through some of the tracks, just yeah. reminding myself, which like, because I never know the names of the songs on no. that album, and I got to love theme, which... yes. Is like a weird mix of sort of cool nineties ambient trance mixed with Kenny G.
0: Yeah. I mean <laughs> the, the, sax
1: the bit I like the very... first
0: the, the the first titles and that weird song One Marquis. Yeah, but you, it's all bound up with the film and, and I've saw, recently saw a documentary which is about three hours long about the making of the film, which is really interesting and has to be seen if you are any kind of film buff.
1: Are you excited about the new Blade Runner? No. No, <laughs> Just simply, no, no, just not. Not even this possible soundtrack follow-up, because I I believe they're going to try and keep it in... uh, Well, I suppose
0: you they get Vangelis out, maybe something will happen, but...
1: Well, look, this seems like quite... uh, I was going to save this until later and do your sort of talk about your work in more sort of chronological order, but actually... You know what you've been doing more recently is sort of connected to the Vangelis world, and you just mentioned a three-hour documentary on <laughs> Blade Runner. Um, I'm a big fan of Brian per- Pern, yeah. and um, and you did how many? Because um, they were kind of like one-offs, weren't they, or we, two-parters? We did sort
0: of three sort of series in various you know, lengths yeah. at time. You know, half hours, and some were forty minutes. And then we did a, well, we did a, a sort of... You a and Reece Thomas. ...tribute. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Reese Thomas, really, with me in it. you know? Yeah.
1: And how did that come about? Did he just ask you, or did you he, chat about it?
0: We were always talking about stuff and, and sending each other little films, as people do, and he said, have you seen... And we're big Peter Gabriel fans. Yeah, and me too, by the way. Yeah, and he sent me this film of Peter Gabriel, who appeared to be very reluctantly talking to his fans. You know, he would always have a huge sort of tour set behind him and it mm-hmm. really felt like they'd gone you've got to you know talk to your fans what people do now peter and he'd go hello it's me here as you can see <laughs> we've just got some problems we're in copenhagen and it was all and he really has not he's not a person who likes to be in front of a camera yeah. he's, he's a genius it's a songwriter and performer but that's just not his thing and as as it shouldn't be you know and Reese just said look this is really funny you could do that you know and he got me back into his house and we started doing it and mm. I was really unconvinced that there was any mileage in it I just said yeah but he, it's just, he's just he's quite dull the way he speaks yeah and admittedly it was a, I got the impression off and people who knew
1: <clears throat> well know, I was going to say that that the impression is really good but it's such yeah. a niche impression. You it's, couldn't go on BBC yeah. One at nine o'clock, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Going, guess who this is? Everyone would be like, "Who the fuck?"
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you keep Peter yeah, Gabriel?
1: Ronnie Corbett, <laughs> Peter Gabriel, and you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he, you know, really, but it's yeah. good. It's really accurate. It's <laughs> that. It's not just the t- like because he speaks in that weird hushed tone, but you've actually got the the strange staccato um, intonation. Yeah, it, it's thing like he's he got
0: indigestion, yeah. and so. We said no. Nope, it's very hard, but yeah, and and uh, Reese, you know, genius that he is. He just completely no, we're going to do this, and drove it, and it just grew and grew and yeah. grew and grew. And and you know, I was I sort of wanted it to be more very much like the BBC documentaries on BBC Four, but mm-hmm. dull. And yeah. he was like, no, let's make it really funny, and, and and he made it a
1: lot funnier and more stupid, and yeah. put lots of uh, stuff because in at, it. at the beginning it was more. Um it was much more closer to the career he had, right? Yeah. And then you started branching out and having him do, like, Britpop or... Yes. ...different kinds of things. I mean, I love the... Uh, <laughs> I was rewatching watching some stuff yesterday, but... Uh, just like the stuff where you have him singing um, uh, the world music stuff and <laughs> like, it's just I mean, I, I i wonder if it's because I'm a huge Peter Gabriel fan, yeah. I've actually seen Reese at yeah. Peter Gabriel shows yeah. but I wonder if it's because I know that detail because there was a thing about where you're playing music with gorillas, yeah. and Peter Gabriel actually no, he's did that. Done that Yeah. so I'm actually. wondering how many people, I mean that's funny anyway if you know no. that anyway Well yeah, I,
0: th- I think people who know, who know they send stuff and say look, this is Peter Gabriel but I mean, the bottom line is the industry really like it, and we, and Reese got so many because Reese is really yes. good at getting people to be in it. He writes yeah. to them, and he's and 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 the people have turned out, who came down to London for sort of you know two hundred quid, you know yeah. Roy Wood, and one day we had, we had um, uh, Sporty Spice, Roy Wood, um, uh, uh, Chrissy Hind, and and they're all coming in, in yeah. and out, these people, and you've got to sort of say we're not taking the Mickey out of you. Reese is really good. Sounds at all like
1: Band Aid. It what was, was like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, there was, you know, loads of people came, sort of came, passed through the show. And then you had sort of um, Michael Kitchen doing John Farrow, which was kind of, I, I think he should have sort of won something for that. It was just such a brilliant. I watched yeah. one the other night with him doing, with a lot of him talking. Yeah. And he's so brilliant in it. Yeah. He's a great He kind of held it all up. It was good for me because I was kind of like the straight man, and I just I kept saying, well, I don't want any lines. And we just go, don't worry. It's just you reacting in yeah. the awkwardness, you know, of Peter Gable. You imagine what he doesn't really yeah, want to be with Yeah, lots of I mean, people. It's,
1: it is funny, though, because there's something about the how serious he's taking everything in yeah. some of these bizarre. Like when he goes into the. Is it like caves or something? Yeah. And you're like, you know, it's just the. It,
0: but I mean, I met him. It was terrifying it. meeting him because I, I always thought he would be short. Because he, 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 uh, my logic was he was very handsome on the front cover of, of So. Yeah. Right. Incredibly handsome. Yeah. I thought he's going to be one of these little handsome blokes with a big head. And then
1: recently. Do you mean ego the- or literally big head?
0: No, I mean a big head. Like, you know, you get the sort of the, the, the Dustin, the Dustin Hoffman out okay. yeah, yeah, of the. Yeah. Um, model of, of yeah. famous actors. <laughs> And uh, Reese wrote to him and said, you know, we were big fans, and I don't know if you've seen this, and this, this thing we've done. Or he, he, he actually came out online and said, someone's taking the mickey out of me, but it's okay, blah, blah. Went to see the show and then met him backstage at half time. In fact, he said, Peter's ready to meet you now. And he's sort of taller than me. Really? And I was just really sort of embarrassed. I and I'm not what sure.
1: You're a tall man as well. Yeah,
0: he's my size. I, I just felt a bit embarrassed. I think I dropped my crisps. <laughs>
1: You know what I mean? The worst thing you could have done. Yeah, they were beef and onion as well. (laughs) You're showing your class there (laughs) with your beef and onion, Chris. They're definitely my least favourite, I'm afraid. No, I don't eat beef and onion. It's disgusting. Um, I would be quite nervous to meet him uh, anyway, but let alone having kind of mocked, not mocked, but. Well, we are. You you are mocking him because you're doing stuff, the stuff in there, and. But they say, you know, um, it's, you know. the best form of flattery or something when you impersonate yeah, people. Yeah, I think but... he
0: was like, Oh, I'm surprised anyone's interested in me yeah. you know, anymore. But, oh. but, but oh, yeah. Oh,
1: Peter. But he's
0: a really nice guy. Yeah. And, and he got it and he was very funny. Although, this is a showbiz anecdote. This doesn't happen very often. We were having dinner with Peter Gabriel and um, <laughs> the bloke out of Queen, the drummer, Roger. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about Brian Pern. And Reach goes, Yeah, but he loves it. And me and Eric Clapson both said this at the same time. Yeah, but he has to. you know what i mean because you can't go it's rubbish you know what i mean because people obviously gone. have you seen
1: this and his his family and people who know him yeah because he would just look like a right grump if he said anything else of course exactly of course so just quickly to round off this sort of uh uh, area of your work what is your favorite uh peter gabriel album oh i i'm
0: gonna be boring and go for so
1: that's i mean mean, it's it's just
0: it's just such a
1: great album when you I, actually listen to it now, it's still how amazing. odd it is. No, but it's, yeah. yeah. The, the last three songs Blinders. go in this really weird. <laughs> yeah, and That was like, and like Americans going, yeah, oh, great song. Yeah. I mean, it was a
0: massive <laughs> American smash, wasn't
1: it? Yeah. People who heard uh, Sledgehammer are like, what is going on? Why is this album just ended on this weird, you yeah. know, but the, um, it's almost like spoken word poetry with yeah. beats and, underneath and I it. Think my my favourite track on it, actually, is... Um, Have you seen the documentary of... So, yes, yeah, that's brilliant. good, isn't it? But
0: with with Daniel Lanois, yeah, going so just good. really sort of you really get the anger, don't you? Yeah. He would come
1: in and you know, I would
0: <laughs> smash, he smashed his phone. Yeah, it's really he interesting locked
1: him though. in a shed at one point <laughs> yeah. just to get him to f- finish those. I actually met Daniel Lanois and uh, he was lovely. And I just I was like, you've actually produced or co-produced some of my all-time favorite yeah. albums. I can't believe you know when you're a, especially for me when I was a teenager, when albums mean that yeah, much yeah. to you. Um, and he was he was so sweet actually. Um, so yeah. you're doing a show at Edinburgh, right? I am doing uh, five nights at Edinburgh, sixteenth
0: sixteenth to the twentieth.
1: Have you ever have you done Edinburgh
0: before? Yeah, years, yeah, ago. years ago. But I kind of I kind of because I was quite lucky. I worked with Jim and Bob very quickly. I didn't I didn't need to do Edinburgh in terms of making a name for myself. And I always sort of went up just malcolm hardy and did a sort of variety show mm-hmm. i never did my own right i'm going to edinburgh i'm really going to smash down the doors and and, and everyone's going to know it's me
1: and was it as, what, what sort of era are we talking here 90s, no, early, 90s. The early 90s yeah, yeah. i go up
0: i remember when i remember sitting with john on the perrier with um with steve coogan yeah yeah and it's a funny story see, and we said and john was like you know it's, it's this is john him. thompson right yeah, yeah. sometimes it's all him he yeah, all presses him i was in the show <laughs> i said well, we'll do a show next year me and you yeah and he said, OK. But I said, we'll get Caroline involved, Caroline Ahern. And, <laughs> and so we asked her. She went, oh, all right, yeah, why not? You know. And uh, then we proceeded to go and sort of buy some pads and pencils and sort of sat down to write it. And <laughs> nine months later, <laughs> yeah. we'd eaten a lot of crisps and watched a lot of Christopher Walker films. We hadn't written anything. <laughs> she had sort of realised Caroline, this was a terrible error on the part of her career. So we went up to stay in the house and we kind of knocked out a few sketches. But we had, we had a room booked and it was quite a big deal, you know. We called the show, Do You Like Us?
1: <laughs>
0: and Which is slightly dangerous. <laughs> we hadn't worked Sorry, out right? that when we went off stage, that it would be silent and nothing would happen. It was that cat handed And Coogan came to watch the first night. And there was one bit where we did a song, like a sort of spoof, you know, song. So
1: all three of you were still, you, you all committed to the show? Yeah, we'd written yeah, bits yeah.
0: of it. And Caroline was kind of like terrified. She knew it was going to yeah, go yeah. badly wrong. Me and John, we were kind of that, that thing, you know what, we get away with it. we will get up on stage and yeah. do some bits and bobs. And then it happened And we had quite a big Sort of number At the start of the song The just sort of Walked off stage Halfway through it And there was this Terrible moment It all went quiet And our agents Were just clapping Going Like that With the music playing Oh my god and it, and it went Sort of sold out 160 12 None And we sort of Cancelled it that was
1: that was 1992, yeah. But uh, God, I I it, went, it just went downhill from there, didn't yeah. it for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, it's good to know that even people that ended up, um, you know, getting their own TV shows and things have Edinburgh so bad they have to cancel the show. It yeah. gives you've got to have a nuts and bolts man. That's like yeah. I'm
0: not calling him that. Well, I did just did, but yeah. you need someone there who's going to do all the stuff. And me, and me and John are just pure performers, and so is Caroline. And without a Craig Cash or a Charlie Higson or whatever. yeah. Someone's going, go, well, how's that going to work? You just can't do it because you have gritty flights of fancy while you're, you're writing. Yeah. But unless someone's dotting the I's and crossing the T's, that was, that's what it will be. And you might get away with it. Yeah. But we didn't.
1: <laughs> I, well, I worked with someone years ago in sketch comedy who is just so, in, he was so inherently funny that even if he had not contributed as much to like, the writing of that sketch or yeah. something, We'd perform it, and he got all the biggest laughs, and you'd be like, oh, you fucker. Yeah, that's annoying, yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah, because he's just had funny bones, you know. Um, yeah. And did you enjoy doing Edinburgh back then? What is your, like, because you're with about Malcolm to... it
0: was great, because yeah. I'd go up, and he'd hire two, you know, we once did, me, Boothby, Graffo, and Terry Rogers, who was a sort of foul-mouthed, 65-year-old ventriloquist woman. Mm. We lived with her as well, and she was crackers, you know. Uh, yeah, I just enjoyed it then, but it, it was know, it I, still
1: important for performers back then? Was like it is yeah, it still now? Meant was, like, did people think, oh, I've got to do Edinburgh and I've got to crack yeah. it? And because, all yeah, the
0: Perrie was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, Perrie was a massive deal, and everyone was like, wow.
1: Yeah, we won the Perrier, you know. So I sort of feel like that award doesn't mean as much anymore. Doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> nothing. In fact, <laughs> it's a curse.
0: No, um, but I mean now Edinburgh. Kind of, you realise Edinburgh is a thing on its own, yeah. And it happens, and it doesn't really bleed into into. The rest the real of the world, yeah. I think. I mean, who knows? Because I haven't been. But yeah.
1: I think also since not n- not that I'm sort of holding up uh, the fizzy water in any sort of esteem, but the just the title. The minute they lost that uh, sponsorship, yeah, it kind of like well, what is the award? It's I the know. something award. So I don't know if that means it's means as like, much.
0: What, FA Cups, has not it become the? You know.
1: So you uh, you grew up in Camberwell, right? No, I grew up in oh. uh, near Camberwell.
0: Uh, my my. My uh, Wikipedia's been interfered with.
1: I think by Reese. Are you implying that I only did my research on Wikipedia? <laughs> I just thought I knew that through. <laughs> no, I grew up in Greenwich, which is just down the road. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah,
0: about two miles away.
1: And sort of in the late '80s, early '90s, there was a bit of a scene, a comedy scene in the southeast London, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I this- I was gardening, and uh, you know, I was twenty-nine, didn't know what I was going to do. I was sort of kind of the black sheep of the family thing, and um, the uh, Jim and Bob suddenly appeared. And the little estate near me literally like that <laughs> and they started writing above my mate's fireplace shop serious yeah and it was like they'd come it's really odd and we started knocking around them a bit and my mate said look you're funny you should write someone and he was he was this guy that was very anal and we wrote this uh stand-up set and we really rehearsed it and nailed it and put all my sort of angst to the last of, you know he's always wants to do something like that but I'd never had the confidence did a did talent night and then won it, and then Jim and Bob were there. They were judging, and they went, right, you can come on tour with us." Yeah, and I went straight on tour with them. So my third gig was in front of a thousand sort of students, drunk students, oh and I used to die. But I did Tommy Cockles and I would die.
1: Yeah,
0: most nights they'd kind of realise that it wasn't part of Jim and Bob's show.
1: Yeah,
0: and I've since met
1: comics who said, "Oh, I was there for that, and I watched you. You were great, Johnny Vegas or whatever." Yeah, but and what was um, what was the inspiration of Tommy Cockles Like, why? Because that seems like such an bygone yeah. era. I mean, it was about, it was about one, it was a guy who hadn't
0: really, he'd been on a, when you issue see a documentary, there's one guy you don't recognise, yeah. who claims to be the sort of best friend of the person, and he's slightly bitter, that's how it started, <laughs> and and sort of goes well, and they always call the person by their first name, Yeah, like if you get a documentary, people say, well, Mike Kane, you know, yeah, Mike's yeah. a great guy, <laughs> and uh, it came out of that, and the, co- the comedy is sort of, it's, it's Peter Cook, Dudley Moore, that sort of stuff yeah. of inserting celebrities into real life who looked yeah. out the window who was it you yeah. know I can't, yeah, yeah, I can't do it this is quite rude
1: well you, you can say whatever you want on this
0: oh okay I, yeah. I, I can't remember the sketch Should exactly we... so it was kind of like you know let's make him old but he's talking about the shaman one week and then he's talking about you know yeah the musicals and that was kind of just a surreal element of it really
1: so what what <coughs> had you done in your 20s before you did Comedy. Well, I was in a band when
0: I was 16, and that all sort of fell apart, because my parents broke up, and I was sort of a bit, you know, I was a bit confused, and I just sort of did jobs, I was just did jobs, and, and hung around, and sort of,
1: you know, slept on people's sofas, and yeah. never really had any... Because I would have definitely had you down as an Oxbridge type. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you came up through the footlights. Uh, yeah, I did, yeah. It seems to me like there was... Um, there, there was definitely like the anti-footlights thing in that era yeah. as well. A lot of people that yeah. were from working class um, yeah. doing like, but surreal stuff as well. And I think there was a good time for comedy.
0: You know, it was just the TV companies were like, really, we're going to invest in this. You know, yeah. Jim and Bob because Jim and Bob are such a massive hit. Mm. And so then that, you know, that generation. You had Chris Morris, and you had. You know, Father Ted came out of that. There was a lot of good people who were just all Monty Python fans, really, yeah. who grew up in Monty Python. You know, the heart, it was hardwired into the Monty Python. And then the stand up thing happened, and perhaps weren't, you know, I didn't realise until I read about it all how sort of left wing the first wave of comics were. And they were quite angry, and it was like, get rid of Bernard Manning, you know, yeah. and his mother in law jokes. <coughs> if you ask them now, Ben Elton, about mother in laws, they'll probably go, they're probably quite happy to tell a few jokes about them. Yeah.
1: I feel like that sort of humour without the bigotry or racism has come back a bit, like people talking about... I'll doing routines you, about their wives or their... It has. Like, it's know. gone full circle a yeah.
0: and, and that's a lot to do with budgets and people can't afford to go out and make a mighty boosh because it's too expensive and will yeah. it work. And we need the viewers now. So they have, you know, McIntyre introducing you know, Bishop or whatever and it's yeah. very easy. It, yeah. People go, oh, I see. He's, he's making a joke about that. And it, it's kind of...
1: I mean, although
0: these people are good, you know, some are brilliant, some aren't. Although yeah. they're great comics, you can't really tell. Watch them on TV. It's easy for the TV companies now to do that. And as David Quantick said the other night, oh, it's Friday night. There's, there's a four stand-ups sitting behind a desk. Yeah, that is, you know, that is comedy on TV now, largely.
1: Yeah, I also feel like there was it's a, a kickback against the fact that probably for a decade or so, the mainstream were a bit ignored. In terms of comedy, Definitely. yeah, I you think know. so. Yeah, because you, you talk to some of the old comics, and they just say all oh, the, the places have closed. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no real sort of room for them. So, how did you get to meet um, Paul and Charlie, and how did the whole far show thing? Because that was like the real sort of turning point. Yeah, for you, well, right? they
0: used to come to, the, to up the creek and watch me.
1: Yeah, and which, were, by the way, was such an amazing. I mean, it still is, but yeah. but the first time I ever saw a live comedy. Like went to a comedy club, was yeah. up the creek because I grew up in Beckenham. Oh, okay, like yeah. Beckenham, Beckenham, yeah, well, yeah, um, and uh, uh, and uh, yeah, we uh, we went and saw Malcolm doing his thing. I think he got his cock out <laughs> yeah, at some yeah, point, he does and, that. <laughs> yeah. and it was like there was such an energy. There was such a like like comedy clubs in that time were such a thrilling place to be
0: yeah but i mean southeast london is was always very cut off and it was always you know and it's only now they've got the tubes you, you know when i grew up i had to get a bus and a train an ground yeah. train to get to Charing cross let alone get to yeah so it was always very of itself you know and that whole sort
1: of um level of humor, you know but um do you think it was like people were almost starting their own scene because it was easier to do it locally than keep traveling across i think London so i think
0: it was just luck for me i mean yeah. you, as you know in terms of my career people said oh you know they used to call it the something mafia you know because jules holland and jim and bob but he had a recording studio and they had a, they had a shop there and they sort of made friends because they yeah. both they all rode old motorbikes that was kind of it wasn't really a career move
1: yeah so Paul and Charlie saw you.
0: Yeah, they uh, used to come come down there, and um, I remember Paul saying, "All right, he said, we're doing a show with characters, you know, short, sharp characters. You'd be great in it." Because I used to do different characters, and I used to do a crusty, and I did a. I
1: would I I like to see Robert the crusty.
0: I did a crusty who was, had a trust fund. You know. Yeah. That was that was early nineties, um, way before anyone else. And I <laughs> did uh, I did a few different characters, and they just thought you'll be great. It's going to be because I don't know if you know the story. The story was there watching a harry enfield and they're watching some clips of it with all the sketches shortened yeah and they went this is funnier than the actual show yeah we don't i didn't know that
1: it. i didn't know that i knew that they wanted to sort of like cut to them like the the meat or the bones yeah. of it or you know and sort of the punchline hence the fast show but i didn't know it was from no. watching a yeah. highlight version of their own the show they <laughs> <Exactly>. worked on <laughs> made them yeah it's no, like quite hey, we could do this even better and <laughs> faster know. and that's why harry was always sort of a bit light about it you yeah know? But and um, because uh, it feel, it feels like that was quite a cultural, uh, a sort of pop culture moment, that show, yeah. which um, was on BBC Two. And now it's like really hard for shows to like pop through like that. And uh, it's the
0: usual thing. We did the first series. They were amming and ahhing, and And Jeff Perkins, God rest his soul. He said, no, you've got to make another series. This is good. These people are good. They know what they're doing. And um, I don't know if people know who Jeffrey Perkins was, yeah. but he was a, this amazing producer that basically acts as a buffer between performers and the BBC and he would go to the BBC, He did it with Karen Tate, he did it with so many shows, they, with Catherine Tate, they wanted to cancel with the Royal Family, they didn't get that, yeah. and he said look, this is good, and he knew and, and, and that is one of the problems, we don't have those people anymore, at the BBC who are all, you know, they're knowledgeable about what is a good show. Um, Now at the BBC, people just fighting for their job, and and it's
1: all well. Also, uh, even before, like when I first started doing stuff, like I'm talking going back to the 70s or whatever, I see documentaries where people like they go, Yes, you know, like John Cleese or someone said, So we went to the BBC, (laughs) and then you know, we said, What about this? and then we're like, No, we're just not sure. Yeah. And we said, oh, go on. And he went, oh, all right, then, we will. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: you're like, well, that was it. <laughs> exactly, oh, yeah. well,
1: then we jumped in a taxi across town to ITV, and they said, okay, they'll do it. And it's like, oh, my God. I it know. just sounds like bliss. I
0: know, God. I don't, I, now it's like a, it's like some sort of strange I, Russian <laughs> federation, isn't it? I,
1: levels? Uh, I heard that a story that's, um, that when they script, because some of the sketches of The Far Show were not in front of an audience. They were location sketches, yeah. and they had to film them in front. And there was literally... No laughter because it's all about knowing what the running joke is. You know, you'd, you'd start finding it funny once you got what the repeating gag or whatever is. Yeah. That there was like quite a muted response in the, um, in the laughter track, and they were like, Oh, oh my god, but this I, is.
0: <laughs> it was a tough thing because you had Paul and Charlie, who were sort of good cop, bad cop, and you had to go and do your stuff to them in a, in a rehearsal room. And Charlie would be like a scientist, going, "Yeah, so what's the joke?" <laughs> and Paul would be more on the performer side. But you know, I never thought I did, didn't really get the far show rep- repetition thing. And mm. I remember I didn't really do the catchphrases thing. Yeah. I mean, Charlie m- once took me aside with um, with a da- uh, with Dave Angel, no, with with Monkfish, and mm-hmm. said, "Well, you need a catchphrase." Yeah. Like I said, sort of headmaster. And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, uh, you know, everyone's got a catchphrase. Even James Bond's got a catchphrase." <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, ever- but..." He yes, hasn't got a catchphrase, right? Because I wanted to be the sort of maverick, wild yeah. guy. You're doing the non-catchphrase guy in the show, you in know. the catchphrase show. Yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he said, "Well, how about?" And he we went through all these things. Well, how about put your niggas on and make me a cup of tea?" And I was like, "Yeah, that'll do." Or I don't
1: know where he came up with it, but you know, yeah. it was very funny. And,
0: and you, that's what I'm saying. You need someone there who has an idea
1: of what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I and mean, at what point did you start? Did you all start going? You know, was there a point where one of you called up the other one and went? I think that's I think something's happening here.
0: Yeah, I can't remember probably the second series yeah. took off. It really did take off. And it's kind of now it's like it's as big as ever. I yeah. I get more really? people coming up to me now. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I don't go out at night, so I don't really know that, but I get oh, a lot no of No one knows
1: it at night. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's at very nighttime. daytime it's very popular. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah, that's that's I mean it's quite in- it's quite a nice feeling to know that 20 years later it's well, cause still people grew
0: up with it and yeah. they go and I'm sure they say it to people who loads of shows but yeah. they say you know your show I show it to my son and it meant a lot to me but in fact my kids now they watch vines which are essentially sort of brainless far show sketches Yeah, yeah. little sketches of people running in with a wig on and going and throwing some water on someone but yeah. they are kind of short sketches
1: yeah I, I, I remember when I first saw it my, a friend of mine Ollie sent. Um, I was at his house and he had a VHS of it which was <laughs> people like teenagers yeah. now who can have every <laughs> single thing ever made on Netflix for 5.99 a month will not believe this it was like a VHS with three episodes that cost yeah. him 9.99 <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, I just couldn't believe what I was watching it was like but it, it seems weird that it was revolutionary at the time well that's what I said to Paul the other day like on now the phone. it's like that's what everyone's doing but at the time
0: I saw that, because it's been on again on gold, isn't it? And I watched the first series. It, it, to me, it's not that funny. And quite a lot of it's slightly... But as Paul said at the time, it was very different.
1: Yeah. What was your, of all your characters, which leads me to the Edinburgh show, what, which was your, like, f- did you have a favourite or a couple of favourites? Um,
0: yeah, I liked Competitive Dad, because I, I kind of got the message across there. And that was, that was a so good. good little thing. I mean, some of the others were more stand-up characters that I'd I moved into The far Show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Billy Bleach, I was doing stand-up before The far Show.
1: Why did you make... Because your characters are often quite working-class, sort of yeah. pub culture types. Why did you make competitive dad like a middle-class? So because then?
0: he was a, there was a little bit of, of, of my dad there. Really? Yeah, a little bit of my dad. Because my dad was actually... My mum was working-class, my dad was public school, so he right. was a bit like that. He wasn't nasty, but he had that sort of total yeah you know he would go for a walk and he would just walk in front and you had to sort of keep up with him <laughs> and then that was like it that. you know that
1: my girlfriend says i do that, <laughs> that uh, me. i think men do it don't they <laughs> yeah. steam ahead so that's interesting i wouldn't have I'd, so you 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 grew up with like a real mix of uh yeah mum was from uh the midlands
0: right and she was a nurse and my dad was sort of proper you know oxbridge yes and then and so they
1: brought up a south london oik yeah exactly <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Well, I became annoyed to sort of uh, stop myself getting beaten up at my school. I went to a sort of a
1: bit rough of a rough school. school, yeah, yeah. And did you? Uh, have what sort of trouble really did you get into?
0: Oh, you know, usual stuff. Parents broke up. So, and people talk about sofa surfing and all that now, but yeah. I, I actually didn't like it. And. It, People seem to talk about it like it's okay to sort yeah. of sleep on people's flaws, but I found it very sort of depressing. I was actually very depressed and even at, uh, as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. From sixteen I was lost. I was in squats and shoplifting and then I went to ball stall and I was really gone, you know. Wow. Yeah, so um but I, I always watched people. Yeah. And I've always been a listener. Like a good character comic can't, you know, it's all very well. Banging on, telling people about your jokes, but I'm happy to sit, you know. And I've sat in a lot of pubs. I've I've done that. I've sat in libraries, you know. Well, that's why
1: I love one of my favourite characters is Billy Bleach because. The detail of, of which, you know, only someone that has been in those places knows that character that well. You well I know, used to do he, that. I was addicted the fruit machines and I used to go up and help people <laughs> and to- then get it wrong. I
0: remember one bloke, I watched um, one bloke, and I said, I'll do it for you and sort of barged in and then yeah. lost the money. You know, yeah. you're talking about a fiver. Yeah. sort like 1979. That's and then they it. sort of look at you like what have you done well I was rewatching <laughs> some
1: of it yeah, uh, yesterday and it was like uh, the amount as it we went right I hold the bells they go oh that's weird <laughs> now there's no okay that. oh that's weird and it's like that's weird is your response to every time he loses that uh, was cracking me up um, Dave Angel was also a huge uh, was hugely popular amongst me and my mates um,
0: yeah, no, that, yeah. I mean, is it a
1: myth was it yeah I, was I just s- thought mate,
0: Mike Reed because I read his book and loved his book yeah terrific Terrific. And one one story where he works at a warehouse, and he claims that they had a rat problem, so he just started biting through their necks and hurling them into a pile. Really? That's one of his stories. And I thought, what? That's he... why he's got those false teeth. <laughs> <laughs> he, he ate too many rats. Exactly. I thought, uh, what would he not care about? By yeah. Warming. Yeah. And. Um, I love and I just thought yeah, I like to juxtapose things with people do you know what I mean
1: I I thought like I was going to say is that based was that really based on Mike Reed and you go no of course it wasn't it was just uh, but actually no Mike Reed I met a guy the other day who got my autograph and said he went to Mike Reed once Mm.
0: and mentioned Dave Angel he went oi we don't talk about him in our house Serious. Yes, yeah, so i glad gladly have met
1: Mike Reed because I would have really. It terrified. wouldn't have been the Peter Gabriel experience, no. that's for sure. Come here. Come here, you. <laughs> yeah. You ain't terrific. And we'd ask for sort of 20% of my earnings. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, of course he would. Oh, man. I, weirdly, because, you know, I, I, like we all do, I can really go down a YouTube wormhole. And I ended up watching about 20 minutes of a Mike Reed special. This is about yeah. two, three weeks ago. And lots of the cast of uh, EastEnders were in. Um, and it, I, it was it was sort of like it was kind of spellbinding, yeah. but just how nonsensical it was. Like the, there was like no link between the jokes or anything. And yeah, they just told just jokes, like comes they? out, you know, with a fag on and a pint in his hand. And I'm like, oh, what happened to they that?
0: They also told each other's jokes. Did they? There was joke. Uh, there was a joke going around. They all told it.
1: Yeah. You know. Oh, that's a shame. You can't do that anymore. Yeah, it? It, yeah. A shame. it would really <laughs> solve yeah. a few problems. Um. So you're taking some of these characters, some of your beloved characters, up to yes. Edinburgh. Uh, which ones are you doing? I am doing Billy Bleach. Yeah. And
0: I am then doing Geoffrey Allerton, the Yorkshire poet, who's a relatively new character. We did on Bellamy's People, the cancelled TV yeah. show. Then I am doing... Another great show, by the way. Tony yeah. Beckton, the gangster, okay. yeah, who's yeah. on that too, who's done 27 years in prison. And I'm finishing off with a bit of Brian Perne. Okay, nice. So yeah. will you
1: do some music then? Yeah, a couple of yeah.
0: songs. Ah. Yes. I Lovely. mean,
1: Edinburgh's only an hour, so I've got to crowbar it all in. And then um, is this to la- launch a tour or some we'll more tour shows? in October?
0: Great, this will be a proper show. And I'm doing two. I'm doing three warm ups this week. I'm doing one in Windsor on Thursday night, Windsor Fire Station, and two on Saturday, on Sunday, and Monday at the Albany in Great Portland Street.
1: Yeah. Okay, I Very love that cheap. venue. It's lovely. Yeah. Um, it's a good venue. Part of the fact it doesn't advertise the fact that anything's on there. No, but I mean? f- hey, come on. You know who needs who needs to advertise? You're on. <laughs> well, you <know>? they do. <laughs> Um, I was, obviously, because you uh, corrected me with where you grew up, I did look on Wikipedia just to see if yeah. there was anything about you I didn't really know yeah. or anything. I didn't know that you had done a stint on Holby City. I
0: played a or casualty.
1: Was it Holby or casualty?
0: It's Holby, yeah. yeah. I, d- I played a guy who had banged his head. He been a long-serving caretaker guy who banged his head and then got a bit weird and nasty.
1: Was it just one episode? I think That's it was a few, two. Two. Oh, I thought for f- the way I read it, I thought it was like you were a, a regular for a while. No, no, I met Robert Powell and all that. He was yeah. good. Nice fan. The, the the original Jesus.
0: Yeah. yeah. I said, do you mind talking about it? He said,
1: why would I? Made my whole career. Do you know, it's weird that when you do something that, um, that you think was like just part of a bigger thing. Yeah. There's an actor called Ben Chaplin. I know Ben Chaplin, yeah. Great actor, done lots of amazing work. I met him once, we were chatting, and he said he's still the thing he gets asked about is the sitcom Game On from the 90s, which he was actually only even in the first series, and then Neil Stook took over for series two and three. And yet he still, like, all the films he's done, all the good, you know, like, big. Well, people are just like, that's the way they are, and it's a bit like, I don't want to particularly.
0: I'd rather if I go and see Steely Dan, I don't want to hear them do, you know, the, I want to see the old stuff. Yeah. And I people come up to me in the street and go, oh, far show that was brilliant. Didn't doing any more? And I say, well, no, we did do, and you go on this great, and, and then you, well, what are you up to now? So you talk about Brian Perlm for sort of ten minutes, and they yeah. go, yeah, that far show was
1: brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you just see the glaze yeah. look in their eyes. Um, I, well, I actually saw Sylvester Stallone interviewed, uh, and where he said he. He spent about twenty years hating that everyone just thought he was Rocky, yeah. and then one day went, "Hang on, I've created a character that people thirty years later are still talking about and love. Yeah. I should be happy. That's an amazing achievement, yeah. you know. But I think people do come full circle with their own work. Like- I think it's
0: harder if you're not working and you and you get no money. You know that's that true. that's that's difficult. But yeah. I think if you know. I mean, like what amazes me about Rocky is that actual boxers love it. Real boxers. Yeah. And they, and Even I, though
1: it's so unrealistic. I
0: know, they play the music and they train to it and Rocky yeah. was got me in, was what got me into boxing. And I think, it, But yeah. it's so not like boxing. Yeah. Boxing is so much harder. It's that ridiculous. is weird, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, Bill Conti, must, he must be <laughs> so chuffed that it, that song will never go away, ever. I know. As long as boxing lives. Are you a boxing fan? I am, yeah. yeah Are big, you? Big what do you fan. think about this Mayweather...
0: Um, a, I think... Uh, you know, it's a, it's Las Vegas. It's a pantomime, and and they they both going to make a hell of a lot of money. They probably have a rematch, and it doesn't really matter,
1: and it and he'll get beaten, the Irish fella. It's the only uh, match. Do we call it a match or a game or a fight? It's, it's all it's those fight, things. Isn't it? It's the only uh, fight where it's not a case of who, in my opinion, yeah, not a case of who you want to win, but who you want to lose. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean. I hate to say this but it's like they're not they don't come across as the nicest guys in the world do they I I think
0: but yeah that sells fights doesn't it in fact David Hay they're talking about that there might be another one of those
1: maybe they'll like have three way fights because anything can happen now now we're like so David Hay gets in as well (laughs) and it's a scrap it's just a pub scrap isn't it with one guy trying to do all the rules (laughs) like the proper boxing
0: surely he's gonna if he's being humiliated at McGregor surely he will suddenly just lose it As might, you know, and try and get him in a headlock or sort of elbow him or knee him in the the goo. Yeah,
1: how can he not? It's so programmed in his brain to be able to do those moves. Exactly. Is he not allowed? Because he's playing by boxing rules, right? He's Queen's rules, and he cannot beat Mayweather.
0: Uh, You know, everyone's going, oh, yeah, but he's different. And listen, they've all tried to beat Mayweather. Fast, young, lunatics, big (laughs) punchers, you know, measured boxers. They've all been reduced to exactly the same. He makes them all look the same. So there's no way that this guy has been boxing can't he's not a skilled boxer you know
1: and he's and the problem is is he's he's sort of unlikable mayweather i think so yeah as a, he's a, traded on that he, yeah he, is. Know, he
0: realized he needed something so he decided to be the, the, the bad guy a long time
1: ago because when he first came
0: out he was a nice young you know olympic champion yeah. and he was great and then was he it? realized that you need to have something to make people buy tickets so he went he went down that road of being the sort of
1: what yeah. would your thing be if, what would your, if I
0: was a boxer? Yeah. I, I, well, I was going to be a boxer in something. I can't remember. I got asked to do that boxing thing. You know, Bob Mortimer thought. Yeah. They asked me to do it. I was going to be the full English, Simon, the full English day. <laughs> I like that. But I had to, they asked me, would I fight Tony Hadley or <laughs> John Pinar. And I sort of spoke to a couple of people. They said, John Pinar has apparently been in the gym. and He's been knocking people out and sort of yeah. smashing the, the big bag off its rope. Yeah. I thought, I don't want to fight Tony Hadley anyway. He's probably way tougher than me. Because I'm a heavyweight. I was yeah.
1: a, you know. But is he... Tony Hadley, I think... He's got quite an annoying singing voice. You could sort of hone in on that, couldn't you?
0: I imagine he's probably quite tough, Tony. Yeah, yeah I reckon he is. To, when when the, you know, the chips are down.
1: Yeah. Do <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Literally. Especially when we put was, the
1: chips down and start training. Especially if it was in that interim between Spandau Ballet splitting up and getting back together. He had a lot to prove in those <laughs> exactly. years. Exactly. You know, he would not let a comedian <laughs> yeah. take him down. Um okay well look it's been uh, a pleasure to talk to you i did wanna we did we do this piece about guilty pleasure okay. films or tv shows but i think it won't you you said to me that um well you told our producer no that i know you, there's, it came there's nothing very you badly. feel
0: guilty about well, i'm a bit annoyed about this whole thing of the the love island thing everyone going it's great okay yeah I just, have you watched it though no no i won't watch it no i haven't watched it no but i is um, it on
1: principle alone
0: yeah, I just don't get this whole, having got kids now, this whole body thing, I just, you know, it's really important to look like this. And if you don't look like this, you're not a cool person. I think it's very dangerous for young kids. I've yeah. said my bit. However, Reese has introduced me to, and someone mentioned this earlier, the films of Michael Winner.
1: Yes. And okay. he's made.
0: Which is an entire catalogue yeah.
1: of guilty pleasures.
0: In fact, Reese, I think Reese did, watched Bullshot. We talked about Bullshot. There's oh, another uh, one.
1: Was it, is Bullseye. It Bullseye. Bullseye. Yeah. Well, so we have Reese uh, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Reese Shearsmith mm. from League of Gentlemen, who you've you've worked with before, right? I don't have I've you done worked with did him? You, I know. Yeah. 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 Did you? Yeah. You You What was Vic, Vic and Bob's? Um, what was the show they did? The sitcom The two characters up in Catterick. Catterick. Yeah. You did, you did I did a tiny bit. Tiny of that. bit. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Reese was in that. Anyway, um, he picked uh, Bullseye as well. Yeah. It, have you seen it? Did yes. you watch it? Yeah. It's, it's one of the most confusing
0: films ever made. I mean, it's great watching it with Reece because he, he'll just tell you. He made a later one starring Chris Rear, oh, which is basically like... Um, oh, What was that called? Something... It was basically like... Was uh, that called
1: Parting Shots?
0: Parting Shots. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. And Catherine Zeta-Jones, was she in There's that?
0: one moment where he dives into a swimming pool and then when he gets out, he's a different person. <laughs> it's what? It's a brilliant shot. He obviously had to go. <laughs> oh, right. Day. You mean that wasn't meant to happen? <laughs> no, he dives in. And they and just got a double Yeah. To and Yeah, the double gets out with completely different shoulders that with a hairy phenomenal. back. What, see,
1: th- that is phenomenal. See, that's the thing that got me about Bullseye, was <clears throat> there are films that are bad because maybe, like, the story isn't working yeah. or it's just a bit crap or something but actually it's badly made yeah and he's made some yeah. Like, technically perfum- yeah yeah so but yet there's this thing where like you know the the character points to the bus and then when we cut to the bus <laughs> it's not in the area that he's pointing to you know it's yeah. just it's just weird i'm gonna have to check out parting shots now yeah just check it out yeah it's hard to pick a guilty pleasure, though, isn't it, sometimes? Cause you're like, yeah, well, what I don't that know.
0: I, the whole guilty pleasures thing, we used, it was Sean Rowley, wasn't it, back when I used to know him in 1990, and he would, me and him, we would go to these sort of clubs and go back to people's houses. It was all very cool, they were playing house music, and me and him would try and put on Peter Gabriel yeah. or, or sort of, you know, early Fleetwood um, Mac, and that's, yeah. that's how he started doing that. So I would like to think that I had my
1: part in the start of Guilty Pleasures. Thank yeah, you. I think you did. I think people call it Simon Day's guilty <laughs> my producers just told me uh, that Parting Shots also had Bob Hoskins in it that's right he, he uh, was in that too Oliver Reed who is his def- mates basically yeah all his mates Ollie Reed yeah. it's amazing no one's really done a comic comic creation based on him really I mean, it's a shame really because he was such a so brilliant good. actor in
0: Oliver I mean yeah. he is so brilliant but you know he preferred Terrifying the world also. of the light and lager and other things <laughs> Is that his drink? No, I just he probably he was probably laughing. Do people way. drink that anymore? No, I, I was just thinking about that. The yeah. other day I was writing some Billy Bleach and I remembered it, it came back to me. Light yeah. and lager. Light
1: and lager, lager. which lager is top. Which is what is light and
0: lager? Uh, it's, it's half it's lager. Half lager, half light ale. Light ale. Lager top's a bit of lemonade, yeah. Isn't it? But,
1: but light and lager feels like why what's the point why in would that? You do that? Yeah.
0: I remember having it, playing porn, and blokes with half a lager and a bottle of light ale. I think it's just boredom mixing it up you see the light ale there go what about
1: that try that it's
0: pissed yeah (laughs) rather like most of these craft beers are
1: so uh well look we're going to play out with your second choice of uh of songs before actually before we do why don't you just remind us of the dates you're in edinburgh what's it the well, i'm in edinburgh from the
0: 16th of august to the 20th is that five days or is that four Sixteenth, um, 17 yeah nine, twenty, five days, days at the pleasance and it's around lunchtime. i was i balked a bit when they told me it was around two o'clock and i went yeah. what yeah and they said no oh, stuart- fuck off <laughs> stuart lee did it last year so i went okay yeah. good enough uh, for stuart
1: lee yeah i do you know what i actually think there's something about those daytime shows that are uh there's definitely some pluses in doing it during the day yeah you can uh, get home and get to bed early yeah go and watch some televised sport <laughs> <laughs> um so you're on then and then you haven't got dates for your uh tour yet they're there uh, it's in october i haven't got dates yeah. on me but they're okay.
0: online just simon day in character 2017.
1: i can't wait to see it i'm a little bit gutted that you're not doing uh Competitive Dad Live, but well, I don't know is, how we did you did it in would the far that. show thing, it didn't work yeah. that well. But this is the problem I was doing my, my show
0: the other night, and it was like people were saying, Oh, aren't you doing Dave Angel? and you kind of can't please everyone. No, it's very true. difficult. You want to do one character like Al Murray, that's it. Yeah, yeah, what would, what would a Dave Angel show be for an hour? Well, I also, they're know. going, oh, Are you doing Dave Angel? I said, No, because global warming is not funny anymore. <laughs>
1: that's true, <laughs> it really isn't. That is true, yeah, God. Uh okay, so this is the song uh is it's from it's Mona Lisa from Nat King Cole by Nat yeah, King Cole. In the is film. It, which film is it from is it from Mona Lisa? Do they use it yeah, in that? Yeah, that film Mona Lisa, they? yeah, with, with, with the, Kathy Tyson, Bob Hoskins. I love
0: that film. It's a brilliant film. Is that film.
1: Neil Jordan? Is yeah, Neil, Neil Jordan, Jordan yeah. yeah.
0: It's a great movie. He made some good films, didn't he? He did. And he's just made he's made one recently actually. Has he? No, no, he was involved in uh, that terrible TV series, but he suddenly came out and said, I wasn't involved in it. So okay.
1: Yeah, forget it. Stick, stick Riviera. With, yeah. Shun, uh, t- t- you know, hot potatoing that show. Uh, Riviera. Oh, it, yes. was it? He was involved in that. It first came out,
0: he was writing it. Yeah. So everyone watched it, and yeah. then everyone went, This is terrible. He can't have written this, you know. Yeah. And, uh, he, and he went, suddenly came out and said, No, <laughs> I was initially involved in some plot lines, but it, it didn't pan out, so i am nothing to do with it. So please don't watch it thinking I've written it or directed it.
1: Oh man, That's, oh, yeah. uh, I bet the production company are happy with that. Crying story. game, he did too, didn't he? Yeah, did Crying Game. Interview with a Vampire, did he do that? I think he might. I have think done. he did. Um, but Mona Lisa is a fantastic film. Bob Hoskins was such a good actor. I know, I loved him so much. He you could great. do a Bob Hoskins character. What?
0: There you go. I can see him walking around with his headphones on, learning his lines. When I, li- when I when I lived in Primrose Hill in the good old days. <sighs> Yeah, poor children me. came along. <laughs> and ruined your and life wanted style. somewhere to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't happy with a bed sit overlooking the park. Exactly. <laughs> I used to say, my missus said, we've got to move. It's too small for the kids. And I said, look, uh, it's better to be an unemployed actor living in Primrose still than an unemployed actor living
1: in Wilstown. <laughs> uh well there's i don't know i think the kids you know when they get to their teens they go She's oh got no i garden. get it now i get it dad all those years we were miserable no he does he now. walks
0: past and goes what we, my, king, my son goes what we lived here you <laughs> lived here did you have more money then <laughs> i
1: was like no what are you saying <laughs> okay so this is mona lisa by nat king cole uh simon it's been wonderful chatting to you thank you very much thank you very much dan